It is Monday. Everybody's back to work. It's a brand new year. It is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. And you are listening to the afternoon show called Michiana Speak Out on News Source One, Michiana's podcast channel. And also heard on our iRadio station broadcasting 24 7, bringing you talk shows, podcasts from the right and the left. We are going to be trying out a show today. Hopefully, it might be in our lineup on iRadio. And John Schaefer has his commentary for you all coming up. Let's get to the news first. News Nation this hour, I'm Ryan Burrow. A winter storm's dumping snow in and around the nation's capital through this afternoon, closing government offices and schools as much as 10 inches forecast for parts of D.C., Northern Virginia, and Central Maryland, adding to thousands of flight cancellations. Over the weekend, snow in the Midwest piled on to COVID-related staff shortages, forcing more than 5,400 U.S. flight cancellations, according to FlightAware. Already this morning, there are more than 1,700. Making air travel right now now uh, an exercise in frustration. And travel industry analyst Henry Hardevelt says no one knows how long it will take airlines to recover because it's a function of the virus. I'm Julie Walker. President Biden's meeting virtually with independent farmers, ranchers, and their families. Their talks focusing on reducing food prices in the meat industry. It's part of a broader effort to reverse rising inflation. The U.S. federal government is moving a step closer to expanding COVID-19 booster shots for more Americans. Boosters are already recommended for everyone 16 and older. And the Food and Drug Administration now says they're also warranted for 12 to 15-year-olds. Regulators say kids those ages can get a booster as early as five months after their last dose rather than six months. The CDC is expected to rule later this week on whether to recommend them. Sagar Magani, Washington. The CDC is considering adding a negative test result requirement to its new five-day isolation restrictions for asymptomatic Americans who catch coronavirus. News Nation's Allison Harris. There's definitely some confusing messaging in the White House and this administration here in D.C. They want to clear that up. Now, right now, the CDC says people who test positive but don't have any symptoms, they have to quarantine for five days. That's instead of the previous 10-day quarantine. Now, that's because transmissibility is believed to be much lower in the latter half of that period that was the 10-day period. But Dr. Fauci is now indicating that that might be changing. Dr. Fauci said in an interview Sunday that people may be required to test negative after those five days to complete quarantine. Colorado search teams are looking for two people missing in the smoldering debris of a massive wildfire. A thousand buildings were destroyed, mostly homes, but also a dozen businesses in the suburbs between Denver and Boulder. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the News Nation Now app. I'm Ryan Burrow. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has again indicated there are no plans to tighten COVID-19 restrictions in England, even as he says a rising tide of hospitalizations is putting the country's National Health Service under growing pressure. He told reporters it would be folly to think the pandemic is over and again urged people to get boosters. The pressure on our NHS, on our hospitals, is going to be uh, considerable in the course of the next couple of weeks because there's, there's no question that Omicron continues to, to surge through the country. It is plainly 
certainly milder than previous variants, but we're also in a, in a different position. We've got plan B in place. All secondary school pupils in England are to be tested for COVID-19 before schools reopen later this month. In the US, the Food and Drug Administration has authorised Pfizer's booster for 12 to 15-year-olds. FSN's US correspondent Tony Waterman with that story. With new COVID-19 infections sitting at a pandemic high, the FDA on Monday signed off on a third jab of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine for children as young as 12. It also authorised booster shots for kids kids aged 5 to 11 with immune deficiencies. Studies have shown that a booster shot significantly increases protection from the highly contagious strain. The CDC's Vaccine Advisory Committee is expected to meet later this week where it could endorse the FDA's recommendation. The new mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, is defending his decision to reopen public schools today amid reports that staff shortages are so widespread due to COVID-19 that gyms are being being turned into mass classrooms. He spoke outside a school in the Bronx where he was on hand to welcome pupils back this morning. I know there's questions about staffing. I know there's question about testing. But we're going to turn those question marks into an exclamation point. It's been revealed that former President Donald Trump, his daughter Ivanka and his son Donald Trump Jr. were handed subpoenas last month legally compelling them to cooperate in the New York Attorney General's civil investigation of the Trump business empire. A court filing to today reveals the former president's son and daughter are refusing to comply. Also released today, a confidential 2009 agreement between Jeffrey Epstein and Virginia Giuffre, the woman accusing Prince Andrew of sexually abusing her when she was a teenager. It shows Ms. Giuffre secured half a million dollars in compensation from Mr. Epstein, but also agreed to take no legal action against other potential defendants. However, the document also stipulates that it cannot be used in any civil proceeding involving Mr Epstein. The Duke of York's lawyers will argue in court tomorrow that Ms Dufresne's civil lawsuit against him should now be thrown out, but her attorneys call the document irrelevant to their case. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, and for this first Spotlight of the Year, we're putting the focus on the Beijing Winter Olympics. They are just a month away now, and it is now apparent that only a handful of countries are going to join the Biden administration's diplomatic boycott. Britain, Australia and Canada, like the US, will have no government officials observing the Games. But the EU, worried about blowback from China, has yet to announce an agreed position. And in the US, the Biden administration is accused by its opponents of not going far enough. Bob McMahon is an analyst with the New York-based Council on Foreign Relations. The people who criticize the move on other grounds say it's basically half measures. Okay, you don't send an official delegation, but so what? China still gets to host the games that will take place with full participation and so forth. But the fact of announcing this, the fact of calling attention to China's record on human rights does register with China. China does not like to be called out in this way. They vehemently defend their right to carry out their internal affairs as they see fit, whether it's repressing people as they see fit all sorts of measures that China takes that are seen as outside of international norms. You will see a consistent Chinese approach to mitigate against what they call interventions in internal affairs. The Games get underway with opening ceremonies on February the 4th. Anxieties about COVID-19 perhaps causing more immediate concern in Beijing than the US-led boycott. 
The main news again, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has indicated there are no plans to tighten COVID restrictions in England, even as he says a rising tide of hospitalizations is putting pressure on the NHS. The US Food and Drug Administration has authorized Pfizer's booster for 12 to 15-year-olds, and it's been revealed that Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump Jr. are refusing to comply with subpoenas issued by New York's Attorney General investigating the Trump business empire. There's more from us on Twitter at Feature Story. And that is the latest Feature Story news. Simon Marks reporting. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Michigan Speak Out for this Monday, the 3rd of January 2022. Did you have a good New Year's? I know mine was quite eventful and I actually gained a dog over the weekend. And uh, that was quite an adventure, a dog that got loose from its owner. And ran around town in the downtown Elkhart area. Then my friend saw the dog out there near what they call the hole, but it wasn't exactly in the hole. It was off of Vistula Jackson. So he rescued this beautiful dog took it home, made it through the snowstorm, tried to find the owner, and sad to say the owner did not care to keep the dog. And so gained a new fur baby, if you will, in the house. Big old, and I mean a big one, Golden Retriever Shepherd Mix. So had an interesting weekend, to say the least and stayed up past midnight, which I showed live on Facebook. I did enjoy the fireworks, but they were disappointing on Friday. A lot of repeated fireworks, sad to say. And uh, hopefully if they try this again, they'll do it at midnight and they'll mix it up. But it was a long show. So hopefully maybe you've had your own stories. You stayed away from those driving intoxicated stayed away from any flying lead and uh, rooted for the Fighting Irish who unfortunately came up short on Saturday by two points, two points. They could have started off a good era for the brand new coach. But they played hard and we look forward to a brand new season and with, with the Coach Freeman era and this little almost will be behind everybody. Well, you know, one of the things talking for brand new year is programs. And I am station manager of New Source One Michiana in charge of this all volunteer staff, John Schaefer, Elizabeth, McDaniel, Joel Irvin, Ron Varash, Fred Webster, and Sylvia Stark. But I'm also in charge of the programming on this station. Gotta make sure that it's a good balance, that there's viewpoints that are not too extreme. Gotta watch the language, make sure that we are staying good and Christian and family and work safe. But 
At the end of last year, there were a couple of issues that came up. Um, Eric Erickson had a, a winter break, and we're going to see if he's going to be coming back in 2022. He says he is. We're going to monitor and see if his programs come and try and look at adding another conservative um, weekly, daily host. Um, I'm trying a ladies' show from a couple of chicks, they call themselves. Today, you heard that program on our iRadio channel. And uh, so we're giving them a, a shot through the, from the Radio America Network. And then on the progressive liberal side thing, last week uh, brought up a new show that replaced Rick Unger uh, by his producer, Beowulf Proctor. He calls it Face Palm America. I'm sure you've definitely been hearing it mentioned on iRadio channel for News Source 1 Michiana. But last week, I had to change the programming because he interviewed a guest, but that guest was not talking about Christ in a true light. He put a spin on the Lord, but even more than putting a spin on the Lord to fit the agenda that he had. But he also was cussing and swearing. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep this radio station clean, family-friendly, Christian-based. I don't think we want to have our name blemished by bleeps and boops and beeps and eeps and oops. You know what I mean? So, we're also trying some new programs as well. And one of them is a lady by the name of Randy Rhodes. She has some teasers, monologues um, for nine minutes. And so... We're going to be playing two of those for you this afternoon in the podcast. John Schaefer, he uh, recorded his program today on our podcast channel. He kind of likes to mix it up between here on the Anchor Podcast channel and on our live through Facebook. And so we're going to uh, add the John Schaefer Show with the Randy Road Show and if you out there have a suggestion for a talk show podcast that you want to hear from both the right hope, because I am evaluating new programs, always try to make the station better for you, making sure we stay on the right and on the left. That was deliberately set up, and we want to be your choice for balanced information in a most unique setting. New Source 1 Michiana. By the way, more and more people are checking us out again on our iRadio channel. And I want to thank all those who listened, and I'm sure Ron does too, to his testimony of having severe COVID. Thank the good Lord he was not in the hospital for a ICU stay. But he did mention somebody that was in very rapid form, ended up in an induced coma because of COVID. And I was at my mechanic just a little while ago, not very long ago, and uh, there was one person said they wish they had gotten their shots sooner <laughs> or even got in, they could have gotten some treatments in the hospital if they, you know, when they came down with the COVID. And it's, it's bad out there. It is. Although the 
color code if this area was ranking orange with Omicron going around, it could flip right away back to red. So please, get tested, get your shots, protect yourselves, don't let it sneak on you. You know, things, we could have lost one of our own volunteers and you never know what's gonna happen. Well, enough of Keith Thuz's monologue. Let's go on to the John Schaefer Show and then turn everything over to Randy Rhodes for a test. Let me know what you think of her, the Randy Rhodes Show. And we got more coming up this week, checking things out. Enjoy this weather. How long will it last? Who's to say? This is Michigan Speak Out, News Source One, Michigan. Today I wanted to talk about homeless people that you cannot help uh, when it comes to just a, a number of people that you see that are homeless and your heart may want to help each one of them but in all actuality and practicality you have to say no or not position yourself to help each one. You would go broke and you would become homeless yourself if you help each one. Now there are times when you have it that you can certainly share some of your abundance with someone who is homeless and it's not you know, a significant loss to your wallet, to your pocketbook. But every little bit helps, obviously, when you can. But there's been many people that I have seen who are homeless and in need and begging. And it's difficult to uh, say no. It's very difficult and you want to help them, but you have to realize I cannot help every person. I am not called to help every person at every moment just because they are there. Now, sometimes God puts them in our path so that we can help them if we have the means to. But you have to, as I tried to explain to other people, when you have like a glass of water, for example, and if your glass is almost empty, you really don't have it to give. But if your glass is three-fourths full, you could spare a little. If your glass is completely full or running over, then you have an abundance in which you are able to give, and you should. But if your glass is a quarter filled or less, and you really don't have it, you cannot sacrifice your security 
to help someone else. It's not wise. It's not using wisdom. It's not smart. Uh, it may be compassionate, but that's it. But if it puts you at risk, then how does that benefit them later if you see them again, but you're now homeless too, and you have nothing to give them? So you have to use wisdom when giving. And you cannot help every person, and you're not called to help every person, but you help those that you can when you can, and you definitely should do that. And sometimes we give to charities, sometimes we give directly to individuals, sometimes we're helping someone to keep them from homeless. Um, I've got two would-be homeless people living with me currently that I support. They would be on the streets if they were not staying with me. And so you do what you can and you cannot always help that other person even if when they're asking and even when it kind of hurts not to give and you feel their sorrow, you feel their pain, you feel their struggle. That's all there for a reason. And it's not just so you sacrifice and give your last dollar. It's to make you more compassionate so that when you do have it to give, you will give. And you will remember those that you could not help in the past. And you will help that next person that you see. Especially when you have the means to. So please use wisdom. Please use your heart. Um, and give from a class that is full or nearly full out of your abundance. And do not put yourself at risk helping someone who is homeless. Um, you, you, you might say, you know, having two people that live with me and supporting them, it is a huge financial risk. And I have to weigh that all the time and balance that out as to, you know, there comes a point where they have to be somewhat self-supporting and find work or, you know, get assistance. They have to do something on their own to relieve the burden that it can cause having to support someone who's homeless. Um, you cannot do it otherwise. And so keep these things in mind and do what you can as you're led to and as you're able to. Thank you so much for listening. This is John Schaefer signing off.
We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. Radio Beacon to Radio Beacon. This Christmas, the Lincoln Project invites you to join former President Donald J. Trump in receiving a full suite of COVID vaccinations, including a booster, <laughs> just like Donald Trump. You and your loved ones will be protected from the worst risks of a deadly COVID infection. Vaccines and boosters, endorsed by former President Donald J. Trump. For Americans like you. Did you get the booster? Yes. Oh! Merry Christmas, everybody! <laughs> I'm very excited. This is the last show of the year. It is the last show of 2021. Which, um, it turns out wasn't so terrible. It wasn't the worst ever, was it? Was it the worst ever? No. Uh, I, there are a lot of really good things that happened in 2021, and today is the day that we're going to tell you about them. First of all, say goodbye to most of our Confederate statues, okay? That's a good thing, right? And weren't we just watching the, uh, the TV? Me and Brett were just watching the TV there, uh, trying to figure out whether or not he should travel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. I just want to say to your mom, who I think is a wonderful, beautiful, stunningly good human being, that Brett should not be uh, traveling. Just saying. But okay, that's uh, that. We'll get to that in the next uh, in the next portion of the show. Right now, I just want to say that we were watching the TV, and uh, what we saw was that the statue of Robert E. Lee, which came down, thanks to all of us saying. You lost. Why are we having statuary standing erected in your losing honor? So um, there apparently was a time capsule that was embedded in the uh, pedestal of the Robert E. Lee Confederate statuary. And um, <laughs> we were like they were starting to open the time capsule in which we surmise, we don't know yet, that in there is a list of his slaves should anything happen to him uh, and how he would bequeath them to another person to own the humans. Anyway, those statues have come down this year. That That's like freaking great, right? Also, uh, the Chauvin verdict. Let's not forget George Floyd's Chauvin verdict. That was a big win for justice. That was a big win for people who think right in this country, who do right in this country, people who were outraged at this man's arrogance as he stood there with his hand lovingly placed uh, either in his pocket or on his pocket, staring down into the camera of a girl's cell phone for an enormous, inordinate amount of time, knowing that he was choking the life out of a human being. And there was justice for him. He was convicted on all the counts, all the counts, right? Also, Juneteenth became a holiday this year. This is good. This is really good. The coup... On January 6th, while it happened, failed. It failed because the gang that couldn't shoot straight couldn't shoot straight. 
is what happened. So now we have all kinds of information. Now we have all kinds of interviews and information and inside game knowledge so that we can actually prevent our government from being burrowed into by Steve Bannon's shock troops in order to undo the results of an election that was held in a free and fair manner uh, by the voters of this here country, right? So now, you know, they, they, they told us nothing, but they showed us everything, and now we know exactly how to thwart exactly what we need legislatively. Thanks, Joe Manchin. We'll talk about that too, because I think I understand what he wants, which is a good thing about 2021, knowing what Joe Manchin wants, right? I think I figured it out. I'm not sure, but we'll see. We'll run it by you and you can weigh in. Um, so the, the coup failed and we ended up with two very brave Republicans. Yeah, Kinzinger and Cheney. I mean, uh, Cheney's looking better in her old age. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like my mother said, you have the face you deserve by the time you're 40. Uh, and so uh, this is good. It's, it's very good. Also, we have a suite of vaccines now endorsed by Donald J, right, that you should take them. He's been boosted. O'Reilly's been boosted, right? Everybody's been boosted. And we know that more and more lawmakers are testing positive, like Barbara Lee. Uh, there was just uh, news about Barbara Lee testing positive. Uh, Elizabeth Warren tested positive. As you may know, Cory Booker tested positive. Jason Crow tested positive. Now, the good news here is that they're Democrats. So Democrat equals vaccinated and boosted equals mild to no symptoms, right? So we know about COVID now. We know how to prevent COVID now. We know about masks. We know they work. We know about traveling. We know about HEPA filters in airplanes. We know about, uh, you know, uh, uh, vaccines and boosters. We know about Hey, there's more good news on the vaccine front, on the uh, COVID front. Today, today, um, the Pfizer company just announced that they have a pill, an antiviral pill that has made it through uh, all the clinical trials, stage one, two, and three, and it's efficacious, to quote Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's efficacious, meaning that if you treat, if you test positive, even for Omicron, Delta, wild variety, beta, all of it. Uh, if you take this pill within three to five days of the onset of your symptoms, or if you find out that you are positive and you are in a high risk category, meaning you're over 65, you have an autoimmune deficiency, you have uh, lung issues, this pill actually lessens the severity of the course of the disease, whether it's Omicron or Delta, which is vicious, by 89%, which is great news for healthcare providers. It's great news for hospital, uh, ER uh, doctors, respiratory therapists who, you know, are treating people who are, you know, coughing in their face going, I have COVID, give me the vaccine. No, no, it's a little too late for that. But now there's a pill. It's called Paxlovid. Paxlovid. Now we only have about, you know, we have uh, tens of thousands of doses or full courses. I shouldn't say doses, full courses of uh, treatment available right now. But Pfizer says that they are ramping up the production of uh, Paxlovid, and they will have hundreds of thousands of doses by early 2022, which is just days away now, just days away. 
So that's great. Also, today, the Biden administration is wavering any requirement for people to pay their student loan debt again. You know, people who are uh, cr- who were being crushed by their student loan debt, they haven't had to make a payment in two years, which is good. Uh, Biden is weighing whether or not to uh, wipe them out completely. Uh, there have been ideas about wiping out $50,000 of student loan uh, debt. There have been talk about $10,000 of student loan debt being wiped out. But right now, just just so you know, uh, you don't have to make a payment on a student loan. It's been wavered until May, until May. So if you have automatic payments set up uh, on those loans, make sure you check you know, your auto pay section at your bank and that it's continuing, that it continues through to May because you don't have to make that payment. So that's good news. Also, let's not forget, Britney is free. Britney. That was tragic. It really was. I mean, you can mock, you can make fun. I still have it on my, um, I was going to say my my iPod. I still have her on my playlist. She's in my Jessica is Home playlist. She's in my 90s playlist. She's in a lot. She's on a lot of my. Now, what I do is I put every time I put a Christina, uh, every time I put a Britney, I put a Christina right after. So if it's whoops, I did it again, then it's followed by Jeannie in a bottle. You understand? Because I'm a Christina. Just saying. But Britney is free, right? And the best news about 2021 it's almost over! Hey! Oh! 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 Yeah. <laughs> Good news today. Mary had a little We believe that all men are created magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream today. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Rhodes Show. Turn up your mind. Senator, you're at the center of this uh, negotiation with the president over his social spending and tax bill, a bill, the Build Back Better bill that is not coming up uh, in the Senate before the new year, in part largely because of your reservations. Without you, the leadership doesn't have the votes it needs. So today, right now, what's the state of play? Well, Brett, you know, this is a mammoth piece of legislation, and I had my reservations from the beginning when I heard about it five and a half months ago, and I've been working diligently every day and every minute of every day i've been working on this meeting with whether it be the president president biden whether it be majority leader schumer and his staff whether it would be with nancy pelosi uh all of my colleagues i mean from all different spectrums of of the political spectrum if you will from the right to the left i've done everything humanly possible and you know my concerns i had and i still have these concerns and where i'm at right now the inflation that i was concerned about it's not transitory it's real it's harming every west virginian it's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs, the cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bills. All of these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. And, and, you, and you start looking, and then, then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying at $29 trillion. You have also the geopolitical unrest that we have. You have the COVID, the COVID uh, variant. Uh, and that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, uh, I've always said this, Brett, 
if I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. Wow. You know, we all knew he was going to do it, but I just can't believe he did it. I am tempted to say that I have more respect for actual Republicans, but I don't. I have respect for for none of them. And I have no respect for him because we all knew he was playing a game. Everybody understood he was lying and dragging this out and playing a game. I mean, you can't even tell this a-hole to go be a Republican because then the Senate would be in the hands of Mitch McConnell and he would be in charge of the Senate. It's, it's, I feel like we got mugged and now we have to be nice to the mugger. You know what I'm saying? I, it's, it's like, so because we still need him to do voting rights, right? Uh, because he has to agree to carve out, uh, you know, voting rights from the filibuster. I mean, this is just so crazy. I, 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 I swear to God, I feel, I, I, when I, I was watching this in real time, you know, I was watching it yesterday, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, I just, I feel like, I feel violated by him. I feel like um, uh, like uh, he ransacked my house and then took a dump on my coffee table. He is vile. He is just so bought. He is so purchased. He is so so because of Joe Manchin and and this is this is how you lose elections, Democrats. This is how it happens because of Joe Manchin, who is a Democrat. So the crowning achievement of the Democrat Joe Manchin's political career is the total sabotage of the Democratic president's entire agenda for the American people. Next year, millions of kids, millions of kids will not be attending free pre-K. Next year, millions of parents will not get help paying for the child care, lowering costs for American families. This man is a lump of coal in, in per, I mean, just in, in, incarnate. He, he I, I just, you know, he's talking about, oh, things are so expensive. Yes, things are so expensive because of COVID, because of the previous president's dereliction of duty when we only had 15 cases in the entire world. Oh, my God. So, yes, things are expensive. So why not help Joe lower the cost of child care? That's a big chunk of everybody's, uh, you know, pocketbook. Everybody that works with kids, that is a huge chunk of change. Why not lower the premiums for health care? You know, this man is going to have to explain. He says he can't explain it to West Virginians. Listen, that's ridiculous. That's totally ridiculous. If you can't explain to West Virginians that they're going to see a lowering of their health care premiums, of their child care costs, of, 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 I mean, the largest uh, reduction in consumer energy costs because we're going to invest and create jobs in, uh, you know, the marketplace of green, which is cheaper and easier to come by. I mean, he can't he can't explain it to West Virginians. What is he saying? Well, oh, well, my people are just so stupid or my people are just so stoned or my people are just so lost or my people are just so gone or I have absolutely no skills and I can't explain how I'm lowering costs for them. What the? This is the biggest douche. I, I swear to God, it's just unbelievable. So all the little West Virginia kids, when you're sitting in front of the TV next year, instead of, you know, uh, uh, going to child care, Joe Manchin is the reason why. I, I, I swear to God. And he went on, um, he went on local, TV, uh, the local radio 
uh, to explain to his people why he's a no. I'm not blaming anybody. I knew where they were, and I knew what they could and could not do. They just never realized it because they figure, surely to God we can move one person. Surely we can badger and beat one person up. Surely we can get enough protesters to make that person uncomfortable enough. They'll just say, okay, I'll vote for anything. Just quit. Well, guess what? I'm from West Virginia. I'm not from where they're from, and they can just beat the living crap out of people and think they'll be submissive, period. Oh, you know, this is ridiculous that all he was was harassed and hassled and bothered and budged, you know, and and moved. You know, the guy was given the bill. The guy, literally, this bill started at $6 trillion, okay? $6 trillion. And for him, they decoupled the bill, okay? They, they separated out the infrastructure portion, which he desperately, desperately wanted, needed, had to have. And then they did the social stuff for his constituents, for human beings. So they did that for him. And then they trusted his word that if they did that for him, he would come on board with the human infrastructure investment. He would come on board with the climate change portion, the largest effort to combat climate change in American history. He would come on board in the most transformative investment in children and caregiving for seniors in a generation. Well, he lied about coming on board. He never intended to come on board, and we did that for him. Then he didn't like the cost of the human infrastructure, the investment, the transformative part, the, the climate change investment. He didn't like that. That came in at about $3 trillion. He said he was good for half of it. He said he would do $1.5. It finally came in at $1.7. $1.7. He was never telling the truth. Never. They did all this for him, and still he wouldn't invest in his people. If I can't go and explain it to the, peace, uh, the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. Well, what exactly is, is wrong with you? How, how in the world am I supposed to... Be- the idea that Joe Manchin says he can't explain this back home to his people is a farce. I mean, it's a farce in terms of, you know, plain democracy, because I represent more or just just as many or more people than Joe Manchin does, uh-huh. um, perhaps more. And But secondly, and, and importantly, is that if you can't explain to your constituents why the child tax credit that they are getting right now to help feed their kids in a time of record high prices should not be extended, that doesn't seem like a problem with his constituents. That seems like a problem with with his ability to either communicate or really, I think there's a different reason uh, behind this vote. Yeah, me too. I think he's a disingenuous, on the take, on the dole, uh, don't disrupt my lifestyle, uh, my political action committee money, uh, don't disrupt me, I don't care. I got mine, F yours. I just don't give a damn. Never have, never will. You can't explain that you're helping people pay for the high price of groceries. You can't explain that you're taking people out of, uh, you know, paying full freight for childcare. You couldn't explain that. It is a farce. That's the word. It's a farce. The rest of the story. The Chicago Cubs needed a win that day. 
And they'd surely get one for Grover Cleveland Alexander was on the mound. Grover Cleveland Alexander, old Pete to the fans. One of the most remarkable pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball. Tall and lean with sandy hair and sleepy gray eyes. The epitome of composure that day came the first pitch down and away. The batter swung hard and then blinked in amazement. Not even a piece of it. Strike one. Next pitch of fastball low, then... A short, sharp curve, and before anybody realized what had happened, the leadoff man had been fanned on three incredible pitches in a row. The Cubs manager smiled confidently. It was going to be another of those deliciously predictable Alexander afternoons, maybe even a no-hitter. Or so he thought. But moments later, as the second batter was warming up, old Pete staggered off the mound and fell flat on his face. Some of the fans rose from the bleachers, gasped in astonishment. From among them, a brash voice called out a solitary word of condemnation. Drunk! Old Pete was carried from the field amid hoots and hollers from the stands. Halfway, a bottle fell from the semi-conscious pitcher's hip pocket. Those who saw jeered. A teammate retrieved the small flask and brought it into the locker room where old Pete had been stretched out on a table. Meanwhile, out in the ballpark, the fans grew restless. Many knew of old Pete's drinking problem... Those who realized it had begun after his combat experience in World War I sympathized, but the war was over now. There was a new one to fight today, out there on that chalk diamond. So, could the Cubs sober up old Pete soon enough to get a few decent pitches out of him, or would they have to draw some vertical, if lesser, talent from the bullpen? Minutes passed, only a few minutes. But then, what do you know? There, shuffling from the dugout, mopping his brow, is old Pete... Such a short while ago, he'd appeared falling down drunk, and now he was going to give the mound another try. A second batter retired, then the side, and eight innings later it was all over. The opponents put swiftly out of their misery another of so many shutouts for old Pete, the legendary hurler, Grover Cleveland Alexander. But now, I want you to know the rest of the story. That the bottle that fell from old Pete's pocket as he was being carried from the field that day was not booze. It was spirits of ammonia, which he took with him wherever he went. The ammonia was to revive him from chronic seizures of which few knew, recurring attacks of epilepsy. Super pitcher Grover Cleveland Alexander held a host of National League records, 373 career victories, 90 career shutouts, 16 shutouts in a single season, but he also endured a private hell. He drank, indeed, but there were many instances like the one of which you have just learned, when old Pete would stagger and fall down, not because of drinking, but because of his secret epilepsy. And yet he always let people assume that he was drunk, because in those less enlightened days, such a few seasons ago, the worst drinking could get you was a night in jail, while epilepsy might land you for a lifetime in an asylum for the insane. And now you know the rest of the story.